Hi everyone, welcome back to Plastic Science. I'm your host, Eliza Brett, and this week in our Around the World series, we reach Brazil. I want to mainly describe one plastical, plastical surgical procedure today, sure, and that's the infamous BBL, or the Brazilian butt lift. In the next 10 minutes, I want to go over the world's obsession with the derriere, what the surgery actually is, and why the operation has led to the death of so many women. As with so much of surgery and the human form, it's basically artwork. I depend a lot on learning about human beauty standards from art of the olden days. Rounded, shapely buttocks are common in paintings and sculptures dating back hundreds of years. In fact, the first behind to be painted as a thing of beauty was the male one. In the Renaissance art of the 15th and 16th centuries, the man's behind was the focus, painted in a ton of war scenes and meant to portray power and eroticism. However, it was only the 18th century when things really kicked off for the women. In a tale as old as time itself, male artists painted big, emphasised and sexualised female derrieres for the voyeuristic pleasure of the audience. By the late 1800s, society had adopted the corset and crinoline duet. A crinoline is a stiff, structured petticoat that goes under the skirts to make a large dome. And often the back part of the crinoline had a thing called a bustle, so to keep the material from dragging on the ground, but it also created a very large backside effect. The large crinoline was emphasised by the tightly bound waist up top in the corset. Fast forward 220 years, and we have women injecting material directly into their butt cheeks and sleeping with a waist trainer on to try to physically reduce the size of their waist. It's like trying to get our anatomy into the shape of a well-dressed 1800s Victorian woman, but we'll get onto that in a minute. In Brazil, the butt is a key part of physical beauty. There's actually a contest, an annual contest called Miss Bum Bum, a pageant where the winner with the best butt wins 22,000 US dollars. Also, importantly, the first butt job took place in Brazil by a Brazilian surgeon in 1964. At the time, it was actually called a buttock lift, where skin and fat were removed to create a more defined shape. Nothing was done in 1964 to increase volume. In 1969, the first buttock reconstruction was reported, where a 26-year-old woman had nerve damage, causing her left butt cheek to atrophy. So the surgeons put in a silicon breast implant. And to quote the publication, after the operation, her buttocks had a pleasing appearance. From the 70s onwards, cosmetic butt implants picked up speed. And you can well imagine they stopped using breast implants and began designing much bigger, rounder butt implants. Implants range from 100 mils to 710 mils. 710 is the upper limit and is an absolutely massive implant to get put in. Basically one and a half cans of cider per cheek. So now we must consider the anatomy of the area. The gluteus maximus is a huge muscle at your lower back. If you can imagine your pelvis, the big bowl shape of it, the gluteus maximus originates from the back outer arches of the pelvis. Those butterfly winged shaped bones are called the ilia, the right ilium and the left ilium. From there, the gluteus maximus falls like a curtain and kind of tapers off towards the outsides of your legs. It acts on, or inserts on, the back of the femur and the iliotibial band at the side of your thigh. Its action is a powerful extensor of the leg 
leading the leg to go back and out. There's not a lot of space up around the muscles of the posterior, so the surgeon must create a pocket for that implant by burrowing in between the muscle planes and prizing them open so that a silicon implant can get stuffed in. This is called a submuscular implant because it goes under the wide area of the gluteus maximus. Sometimes the surgeon will even split the gluteus maximus muscle and stuff the implant intramuscularly. And you'd be absolutely right to think that this has an effect on muscle function. The muscle can actually die off over time because the tissue is now so compressed with that implant that not enough oxygen is getting delivered to the muscle. So now one is left with a clearly palpable implant under a really thin layer of skin and dying muscle. Not good. Even if the surgeon puts the implant subcutaneously, just under the skin, the body will cover the implant with something called a fibrous capsule within months because it's silicon, it's a foreign body. There are cases of women being able to manually flip the implants inside out within their own butt cheeks. So butt implants have largely fallen out of favour, which has made way for the newest technique, not involving silicone. Fat grafting is a procedure that we've mentioned before on this podcast. It's basically when you have liposuction and the liposucked fat is not discarded, but injected back into your body, like the lips or the breasts. It didn't take long for the plastic surgical community to put two and two together. The silicon butt implants were failing, so they injected fat tissue instead. Another factor was the patient's much preferred fat grafting to implants. For some reason, it's way more acceptable for one's breast implants to be perceivable. But if someone can tell that a woman has butt implants, it's way worse. So it has to look as natural as possible. BBL surgery will suck fat from the waist and inject it into the posterior. To use the common vernacular, BBL promises a bubble butt and a snatched waist. It's so incredibly desired to have this shape that is plastered all over the internet. It's massively fueled by celebrities and by more relatable, closer to home Instagram personalities. So it's no surprise that there's a black market out there for so-called butt injections. These are incredibly dangerous procedures done by unregulated operators. Famously, Cardi B got silicone butt injections from a woman in a basement in New York without any anesthesia, a procedure she... A, 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 procedure she, a procedure she said was intensely painful. When Cardi returned to her for a top-up, she discovered the woman had shut up shop because a patient had died on her table by the same operation. Injecting fat can also be incredibly risky. For sure, if the clinic has equipment for running liposuction and fat grafting, it's generally not a black market operation anymore, but the risk is non-zero. In general, any fat that is injected will drastically decrease in volume over time. Maybe only a third will remain. So the surgeon will overshoot on operation day. If there is enough fat from the liposuction, the surgeon will sometimes inject over a litre of fat per cheek. The fat will be injected using a cannula, which is a long, thin metal tube with a hole at the end of the tube. Not like a straw, but at the side of the end. Like a flute. It's like a much, much smaller flute. The problem is, and the same thing goes for silicon, when the cannula is being shoved through the tissue, injecting fat simultaneously, the cannula can break into a blood vessel. And when you're a surgeon working away blind with the cannula, this can and does happen. 
The gluteus maximus is a big muscle, and so the vessels supplying it are considerably big too. If raw fat is injected into a blood vessel, the patient will die of an embolism. That's when the injected fat travels through the bloodstream and blocks the blood supply to the lungs, heart or brain. One in 3,000 women will die from the BBL. It has the highest mortality rate of any cosmetic procedure by far. The tension of this moment in medicine is created by the sheer demand of the dream hourglass figure, the 2,999 chances it has of going well, against the one chance it will kill you. Awareness of this is important as we enter our lockdown summer season. You can do a lot with $15,000 instead of injecting your body with fat and playing roulette with your life. $15,000 in an FDIC-insured bank with a good compound interest rate is a good bet. Or if you can't get Brazil out of your head, there's a really gorgeous villa I found on Airbnb earlier on the coast at Praia Grande. For 15 grand, you can stay 12 nights and enjoy your own pool and seaside views and frolic around in your bikini all day and enjoy having your own natural behind. Even if it's around your locked down apartment, who gives? That's the message of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon.